The book was better. Wait, why did you still clap? So you can sync the video with the oh, audio. Right, 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 right. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Yep. Okie dokie then. Alrighty. Look who's together in real time fashion. Not social distancing. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, we're not, but. Listen, that, that rule doesn't apply to family. We're in our, we, we're in each other's circles. Listen. <laughs> Anyways. I just got tested not long ago and it came back negative. I don't have it. We're fine. No COVID here. Yep. All right. Well, welcome to our first video podcast, I guess. Oh yeah. We are recording this one. So if you don't like just listening but want to watch, you can do that. Look at these faces. Hello. My hair is... My bangs don't like to cooperate, so... I'm going to look like Harry Potter a lot of this episode, where they purposely part it in a weird spot so that you can <laughs> see his scar. Right around the scar. It's fine. I should have drawn a scar there, just for the occasion. Yep. I didn't. I didn't think about it. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Um, so, we are on the... Oh, wait. Welcome to the podcast. The book was better. <laughs> hey, they heard the intro. They know where they are. They might have skipped it. Some people Rude. are skippers. They do it. They Rude. do Um, I'm Kaylee Clark. I'm Taylor Collette. And yeah, we're actually together for this episode. So that's yes. cool. We won't have to deal with any weird connectivity issues this time. <laughs> no, but we no. may still have... Other technology issues? Yeah, That's other true. issues. This is our first time doing this. My camera may die. My camera may run out of memory. I'm keeping a heavy eye on the red dot in the corner <laughs> to make sure it's recording. However, we won't have to worry about hopefully any just weird, awkward gaps to just like cut out. Because when, like, we have connectivity issues, like, with Wi-Fi or whatnot, it is not easy. There is no really clean, easy way for me to, like, cut that down and transition. I don't know how other podcasting people do that. They hire professionals. I'm not a professional, so... <laughs> Nor do we have the money to Listen, hire professionals. We're doing our best. Okay. Um, but we may have to stop in case your children wake up. So. Oh, that's true. Hello. We'll see. So I'm visiting family here in Utah with my children. We are in my childhood bedroom, so yep. that's fun. We're at our parents' house, and my children are asleep down the hall. So. We'll see. I don't even know if I'll be able to hear them if they wake up. <laughs> so my daughter might just burst into the room crying. That could be fun. Um, but we... Or they'll go find Nana, and everything will be fine. They'll just go bug mom. Even better. Our mom, not me mom. Other our other mom. Okay. Um, but this episode is gonna be probably a long one. We're gonna really try to like keep it short. Cause listen, you can listen to it in intervals. Nobody says you have to listen to an episode all at once. I never listen to podcast episodes all at once. It always takes me multiple sittings. I listen to them all at once, but I'm always multitasking. I'm like doing laundry or I'm Doing more laundry, because I always have laundry. I listen to them on car rides, so mm. 
I listen in like half hour to 40 minute segments. Yeah. Anyway. But um, before we jump into the podcast today, a couple announcements that we always make, so they're not new, but um, we have lots of different social media platforms where you can follow us and interact with us. Um, We have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, TikTok, TikTok. Those are the main ones. Linktree. That's not social media. No, that's where you can find all our social media. Snapchat? Um, no, we're no. not on Snapchat. No. <laughs> we're jeweled. I don't even know what we would put on there. Um, so, yeah, you can find us at TBWB Podcast on all of those platforms. Mm-hmm. And we post a bunch of stuff on there regularly. We do polls. That's where we get our fan faux pause. That's where we talk to you guys and actually get feedback on this podcast because mm-hmm. it's hard we're just talking to the abyss and hoping that you enjoy it please um, give us feedback and we are hungry for praise no I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of praise um if you are listening on apple podcasts we would love it if you could give us or on stitcher or on Stitcher, do they do reviews mm-hmm. on so Stitcher? So does Google Podcasts. I'm so rusty on those ones. But especially mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. That's where I know at least 20% of our listeners are, is on Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts. So if you want to, you know, just hit the five star, give us a review, subscribe, You can also things. apparently hit the five stars and not even have to write a review. It's true. So if you really don't have the time. It's real easy. You can just click the stars just and that. That still gives us something. Or if you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel, we'll be posting hopefully more videos in the future. We're like... We're figuring it out. Yeah, we're we're working on it. Who knows if it's a worthy endeavor, but we're going to try it out. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, for sure, go check us out over there and let us know what you think of this episode and of the whole Harry Potter series in general. Because this is the last one. We're finishing up. We're finally wrapping up Harry Potter. So if you don't like Harry Potter, we're almost done. You're almost made it. We're so close. (laughs) True. And we're going to break up the... I don't want to say monotony because I wouldn't say it's monotonous. But we're going to break up the... Like, just doing a series and a series and a series. So, um, this is another thing we did on our social media. So, if you want to have input on what we do next, that's another reason to get onto our social media. But our next episode comes out right before Christmas. And so, before jumping into any other big heavy hitter books or a new series or anything, we're going to be reading A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Which has been adapted into many a movie. My personal favorite being the Muppet version. Same. So we might just do a comparison of the book to the Muppet version. I know we should probably we should probably do other ones, but but listen, we will strongly be talking about the Muppet one is the the best. Let's be real. Um, Kermit the Frog. (laughs) But uh, oh yes, I just personally like Gonzo as oh my goodness, yes. (laughs) So good. Anyway, that is not what we're talking about this no, week. No, but if you want to hear about that, tune in next week. Two not weeks. next week. No, two, two weeks. weeks. Man, we're mm-hmm. never going to get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so. But yeah, real quick though, before we jump into stuff for this week and this episode, um, 
a quick correction a little bit on one of the things I said in the last episode is I was mad that they don't like show that the cottage that they go to is Bill and Floor's. And you mentioned that it, you think they do in this one and they do. And in, in, in the part two, they make it quite they clear. They do show that it is Bill and Floor's cottage that they are at. Um, and it is very hard because the end of the first movie, beginning of the second movie, compared to the order that it happens in the book, kind of gets all swirled around. So when you're reading it chronologically in the book, you already know it's Bill and Floor's cottage. And yeah. so you're like, yeah. Because Ron, that's where Ron hung out uh-huh. during his... Time away. I think he was gone for like five or six weeks is I think what, what they figured out. No, no, no. I think it was like four. I don't know. Either way, that's where he hung out. He didn't go home or anything when he left and was trying to track down uh, Harry and Hermione. He went and stayed at Bill and Floor's cottage. Yeah. So. Anyway, just that quick little thing. There's probably other things we've gotten wrong, but guess what? Nobody's pointed them out. And I haven't really remembered any of them, so we're just going to move on. <laughs> I'll be honest. We report, we, we record a podcast and I immediately forget Everything, Everything we talked we about. Said. <laughs> so I the would have to. The only reason I ever remember anything is because then I have to re-listen to us, which yeah. is not fun. I just look at notes. Who likes listening to their own voice? No one. No one. So that's great. That's why um, I don't edit. But that does allow me to then like hear things and be like, oh, I should maybe correct that. Yeah. But I'm not up to date on our editing, so I haven't re-listened to the most recent episode. I don't even think I've given you my part. So, anyways. It's fine. We're not perfect. Okay. Real quick recap. Um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part two. Same director, screenplay writer, and musician, music composer as part one. So we've got director David Yates, screenplay Steve Kloves, and music. I should have looked this up. I should have looked it up because I hate butchering names. Should have looked up how to say it. I didn't before now. Sorry. So I'm going to say Alexandre, Alexandra Displat. Listen, I, I butchered it. Could it could be Alexander for all we know. Displat. It could. But listen, I butchered it last time and I'm butchering it again. I did not learn from my previous mistake. Sorry. Um, well, if he listens to our podcast, I'm so sorry. We apologize. Anybody else who has that name, like, sorry, maybe just go by Alex. No, see, because I don't want to be that person that forces somebody with a different name to go by a nickname. I'll just try and learn how to say your name correctly. I'll, I'll get there. I'll. It's too late. This is the last one. Maybe. (laughs) No, because he does. A bunch of music for the Twilight movies. Oh, he does so a bunch of music coming. for... I know he'll come back up. He's a very popular comp- composer. I almost said compositioner. What? <laughs> for boot movies, so... Okay. And then last time I gave a little synopsis up until where the movie ended. Yes. So, yeah, this movie picks up where the last one ended, which is... Voldemort's got the Elder Wand. He stole it from Dumbledore. And Dobby died. And Dobby died, which is sad. And we are sad. Um, So this movie picks up where that one left off. And it is 
finding and destroying the remainder of the Horcruxes, the Battle of Hogwarts, and the ultimate destruction of Voldemort. To put it shortly and lightly. So, that's that. Now we can jump into our points and move along. I had to find my notebook. You need to get your notes. <laughs> okay. All right. Who goes Who first? Who went time? <laughs> I think it was you, because you asked the question at the end. Man, I can't believe you remember that much, because I don't. I'm, like, trying to remember, like, who I did? What were I'm going to go first. Even? You know what? I'm going to go first, just to make it easier for us. Sounds good. Oh, um, boy, I'm yawning. Okay. It's not even that late. Number three. Number three, my... Daylight savings. It's later than we think it is. True that. <laughs> um, that tells you when we recorded this episode. That'll date this episode a little bit. Shh. No, I'm still suffering from daylight savings a month later. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so my number three grievance from... This one, it's so hard. The first movie gave me such hope, and then the second movie took that hope, crumpled it up, and laughed in my face. And burned it in the fire. <laughs> like, it just wasn't what it could have been. Well, yeah, because the first movie was really impressive with just how closely it stuck to the book. So, yeah, same. I, and, and not to mention, we mentioned this in the last episode, but the second part... Covers only 10 chapters. Yeah, it's like half as much as the first It's half. half as many pages that the first movie covers. So if anything, it should have been even easier for them to stick to the book. And yet. In the part two. And they, they didn't. No. They didn't. No. So, it's, I have a lot. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Sit down. Get comfy. Sit down. <laughs> Get a blanket. Are you standing? You should be sitting for this. <laughs> Some hot cocoa. We're in for the long haul here, people. So my third one is a little, like, vague, all-encompassing, so I can just, like, hit a lot of points all in one because I'm limited to three. Because we're cheating. No. <laughs> so mine's mainly there. Not only are a lot of the scenes out of order, but a lot of the scenes, like, leave out in my opinion, very important details, and they totally ignore stuff that, like, was kind of important in the books, and I don't know why they did. So let me give no. you some examples. Sorry. I just realized they can't... I'm looking down... This is... For people just listening, this is pointless information, but for people watching the video... Oh, yeah. My notes are on my phone this time, because traveling. So I'm going to be, like, looking down and doing things off view and that's what i'm doing here's my notebook i'm paying attention i promise the computer is here we have cropped this perfectly <laughs> books <Okay>. books <laughs> anyways so a couple examples of things that i think that they should have included but didn't and also things that they totally got out of order starting from the top the conversations with grip hook and olivander I get that they wanted to keep them shorter because of time constrictions, but I feel like the information they decided to include mm. was an interesting choice. Especially the part of the problem was they did it out of order. Um, at the point where Harry talks to Ollivander, 
Voldemort has not gotten the Elder oh, Wand yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. So when he's like, he did get it. And Ollivander's like, ugh. No. Like, there is, <laughs> in the book, there is that, like, Harry asking questions and being like, but you told him this. Like, th- there's still that. Interrogation. That, like, well, just like the, I don't, what am I saying? Just like Ollivander being like, how do you know that? You yeah. know, there's still that, like. But Harry's actually quite, you know, level-headed and calm about it. And he's like, just one more question. Then we'll let you get your rest. I know you're really tired. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's, like, similar, but it was just interesting. And it's, again, part of the problem is they did it out of order. Like, he wasn't supposed to have the wand yet, but I get it. They wanted to end the first one with this dramatic, like, oh, I have the wand. Yeah. Um, oh, my apologies. I have oh my gosh, wand. you tell me to put my phone on silent, and then your phone and computer go making all these noises. Sorry. So The audacity. No. And then the whole thing with grip hook. So, I mean, goblins... Well, wait, can I say one more thing about the Ollivander thing, just really yes. quick? Um, since you brought it up. Okay. Um, so something that, and I started, I didn't even start it. I went on and on about this in the last episode. The fact that this is, this book is called Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows and the Deathly Hallows are actually pretty important. Um, and yet they kind of very, they they kind of explain the transferring of the wands, but they do so much clear, much more clearly in the book. Yeah, he, and, Harry, and it's very important to understand the transferring yes. of wands and wand ownership and wand allegiance. Like it's, it's kind of important because of the Elder Wand and the Deathly Hot. Like it's well, Harry straight up goes. So you're telling me you don't have to kill someone to have their wand come to you? And he's Elevator's like, no, you don't have to kill them. You just have to disarm them. But Voldemort doesn't know that, so Voldemort's like, that's half the reason he kills Snape, because he's like, it's not working for me, I'm going to have to kill you. Which is totally wrong, but Voldemort doesn't know that. They also don't make it clear that Voldemort wants the Elder Wand because he thinks it's just a really powerful wand. He doesn't actually know about the Deathly Hollows at all. Nope. So it's not like he's after the Deathly Hollows. Because if he did, he'd be after them. Oh, 100%. He wouldn't <laughs> have even bothered with Horcruxes. Um, which, again... They explain in the book. They also have Harry be like super obsessed with the Deathly Hollows for a while and put all these things together, which I mean, Harry might have mentioned a little bit last episode. Yeah. Yeah. But Harry's like super clever. And I feel like they really left that out of the movie. And he was just like very just there. Well, speaking of Harry being clever and leaving it out of the movie, Harry's the one that figures out how to get out of Gringotts. It's true. It's Harry that's like, okay, I'm going to set this dragon loose. Okay, guys, jump on. It's not Hermione. No. Again, Why? let Hermione stand on her own merits. She is a great character on her own. You don't need to give her other people's things. But yeah. Anyways, so Harry's that super clever. And it's actually Hermione's the one who's like, there's no way they're real. It doesn't make sense. There's no way the Resurrection Stone can be real. This is a joke. Why are we even bothered with this? she's too logical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's okay to give the girl some flaws. Like, come yeah. on. And so Harry's they the one They love to who, give him to Ron. Okay, sorry. We've talked about that already. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Harry's the one that figures out the Deathly Hollows are real. He has the invisibility cloak. The resurrection stone is in the snitch. He figures that out, like, way, way earlier. Before it happens. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
So. Well, but same with the Horcruxes. I don't know if you plan on talking about this later. I might as well just throw that in right now. The fact where he's all like, oh, it must be like in the book, he knows that the Horcruxes are going to be related to the heads of houses way, way earlier because there's a scene in the book that they didn't keep in the movie where they have one of, it's not Tom's memory. It's the memory of this old lady that Tom Riddle used to go visit yeah, when yeah, he worked yeah. at Borgen and Burke's. And she shows him because he's char she's charmed by him like everyone, right? Yeah. She shows him her most prized possessions, one of which is the locket that was owned by Slytherin, which is one of the Horcruxes, but not that they make a point to tell you it was a locket owned by Slytherin. No, they just kind of like assumed. I don't, I don't remember the make Maybe ever they making. mention it. It's supposed to have a big S on it, oh, but in the it, movie it doesn't. It doesn't? No. Anyway, continuing. And then she also has, um, it's the diadem of Ravenclaw, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And so... And I thought she had the cup, too. Yeah, she might have. She might have had all three. I she don't had remember. all three. I just know. And then it talks about how this there's this, this, like, hungry look in Tom Riddle's eyes when he sees them. And because they already know that Locket is a Horcrux, Harry just automatically assumes. He's like, okay, he must be choosing, you know, items of power to then infuse with his soul to in hopes of making them like an even more powerful Horcrux. And so he already knows yeah. that it's going to be, you know, something related to Ravenclaw, something related to Hufflepuff, something like... It's not a surprise. It would have been the sort of Gryffindor, too, if he had been able to find it or get his hands on it kind of thing. Like, yeah. he knew. So it's very interesting the way that the movie was like, Harry can, like, feel them like he can like hear, hear them and that's not no he just is smart also Voldemort <laughs> cannot the book makes it so very clear that Voldemort feels nothing when the horcruxes are destroyed yeah. and Voldemort himself is surprised by that fact until I think the very end the like when one of the last horcruxes is destroyed then he starts to feel it and then and he's it's like, like, it's like when Nagini gets killed, that's when he starts no, to No, no, no. It. It's towards the end because he goes to check on the locket at one point. No, yeah, no. He checks on the ring. He checks on the locket, but he still doesn't feel any of it no. other than anger. He yeah, just he doesn't feels feel anger and pain. Fear. He just feels anger and fear because yeah. he's like, oh my gosh, this secret I've had that I thought was like a surefire thing mm -hmm. isn't anymore. So he, he does discover... That through the break-in at Gringotts that Harry knows about the Horcruxes and things. Yes. And then he goes to check on them and and finds one by one that they've been discovered and destroyed. Which sets in fear mm -hmm. and anxiety and anger. Yes, but he never feels pain. But it's not like he feels pain or weakness. No. From it. No. Anyway, sorry. All right, that, that was, was a little nice tangent. Little... Sorry. Ba -doop, ba -doop. Continue with your out-of-orderness. Yep. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, Ollivander and the, the, all that stuff. Griphook, um, they kind of like, I mean, Griphook is sneaky in the books. And the thing is, it takes them a little bit longer to plan, obviously. And they jumped over that in the movie because of time. But they kind of figure out Griphook has like this bloodthirstiness. And like, he is like, no, no good. Not a good little goblin dude. And so when well, they... Well, he just... I wouldn't say bloodthirsty. It's it just... It straight up said that. 
It straight up said in the book it was bloodthirsty. Well, they saw it at that. Yeah. But it's because he just didn't care about wizard lives. Yeah, no. He he rejoiced in the idea of shedding blood. Of wizards. Not goblins. No. It just, it kind of just showed, and the, and Bill Weasley also gives them a warning, which they don't include in the, in the movie either, yeah. that just kind of explains Goblin's view of, like, the hierarchy of, mm -hmm. like, magical creatures and wizards and things, and, and basically just that they're very bitter. Yes. And also that they view the, like, exchanging of goods differently. Yeah, they, the way they view it is, if you buy something from a goblin... It's almost like you're like, it's on loan. Like you're renting it. And then when you die, you should give it back to the goblin. And they get mad that you like pass it on to like a descendant. Like the sword of Gryffindor gets passed around and they're like, and Griphook's like, no, it should have been given back to the goblins. So I'm taking it, which he does. And I mean, they got that part right. He does betray them. And but he doesn't do it so villainly. He kind of just disappears. Yeah. In the movie, they have him be all like, I told you I'd get you in. I didn't say I'd get you out. Like, yes. <laughs> but they wanted to add to the thriller aspect they of that They really one. added a lot of drama to the movie that <gasps> I didn't think it needed. The no. book is dramatic enough as it is. <laughs> no. Um, so that was part of it. That was one. Another one is, I'm trying to like keep these in like the best order possible. My notes are kind of a mess this time. Sorry, guys. Well, um, the movie's a little bit of a mess. <laughs> true. That. Um, jumping forward a bit to Harry showing up at... Oh. All right. Anyways. I sneak back in here. I, I may have to do that again. I don't know if it's going to do it again. So prepare yourself. Yeah. No. It's, it's, yeah. Well, we're learning. Um... So moving forward, Harry gets to Hogwarts because there's some other stuff, but that, that happens in between. I'm going to talk about it later. Um, Harry gets to Hogwarts. No, I'll talk about some of it. Yes. Um, he gets there. They totally leave out the part where they go to Luna takes him up to Ravenclaw Tower because they assume that's where it's going to be. Well, they also just want to show him... Because there's a statue of Rowena Ravenclaw yes. wearing, wearing the diadem. Yes. In the common room. And mm -hmm. so Toe is originally the one that offers to go. Yes. And then Ginny's like, no, you should Luna have to take, can you. take you. Because <laughs> Ginny's still like in love with him. Jealous ex girlfriend. Um, and so then they go up to the common room under the invisibility cloak, obviously. Yeah, they use the invisibility cloak, one of the Deathly Hollows, way more often in the book and the movie they just don't bother. Yeah. So yeah. It's fine. So they do that and then it's not just Harry showing up in the middle of this big thing with Snape and then he McGonagall that they just totally None of that happens. Like merge. It's not in front of the whole school. No. It's like in the middle of the night, the majority of the students are asleep. Yeah. But also Dumbledore's brother, Aberforth, uh -huh. totally tricks the Death Eaters in Hogsmeade to think that it was a false alarm. Yeah. And that so, Harry, so there was no sighting of Harry Potter. No, they don't know Harry's in the yeah. school. Yet. Which I don't see why they needed to do that. Harry... Because they did... They took out the Caro scene. Yes. Where... Harry, yeah. Harry's under the invisibility cloak. McGonagall comes up to the Ravenclaw Tower and is like, what the heck's going on? Because the Caros, the evil Death Eaters, 
which you see briefly in the movie, but you don't really know who they but are. They don't think I don't think they name them. No, you're just kind of like, yeah, Death Eaters, whatever. So the Caro <laughs> siblings, who are acting as professors at Hogwarts, as even though they're Death Eaters, as dark arts professor, because it's not defense against and anymore. Muggle studies, which basically just teaches everybody that Muggles are stupid and filth, and yeah. that they're beneath. Yeah. So that happens, and. I just realized we're like a half hour into this thing. I'm going to try to pick it up. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> so the diadem is in the room of requirement. They got that right. And I realized that the reason they took Crab out of the scene and put Zach, Zacharias, I think is his name, the black guy, yeah. in is because the actor who played Crab had a drug problem and got like kicked off the set or something cool cool cool, cool so cool, cool, fun cool, fact cool. <laughs> that's why he's not in that scene because he's the one that's supposed maybe to maybe it was goyle but anyways listen they're just malfoy's cronies and their actors yeah. got changed up not just in this movie so and i wish that they had explained better the fire that either crab or goyle i don't remember which one it was cast is listen, called they're just cronies Fiend fire, and it's like a super intense dark magic that I mean burns endlessly. Yeah, you can't put it out. So he does get he does die in the fire, but they don't stab the Horcrux and then throw it into the fire. Harry actually drops it in the fire as they're flying out, saving Draco, and then he's like, "Oh my goodness!" And Hermione's like, "Don't worry, that's fiend fire." It destroyed the Horcrux. I can't believe I didn't think of it before. <laughs> and so it's not like this weird, like, stab, throw. Like, they don't even have the Basilisk well, they don't even, yet. And they don't even throw it in the movie. It's like they stab it and then it, like, screams smoke and just kind of goes it's, flying. Yeah. It's weird. It's yeah, I don't overly know. dramatic. I don't know why they changed that part. So that's part of it. Uh, there's so much I want to talk about. Um, you got to narrow it down. I'm narrowing time. it down. <laughs> um, another thing that they left out is I know that McGonagall in the movie is like, why don't you escort Miss Parkinson and all the Slytherins to the dungeons? They don't go to the dungeons. They kick them out. They kick them out of the school. They follow. They go through the rumor requirement through Aberforth's portal to Hogsmeade, where they are then apparated away. They also take all of the first, second, third years. They don't specify. They just say all the young students. The younger students all get escorted so out as well. So we're assuming it's like first through third. Yeah, first through least. fourth maybe. I don't know. But, and I'll come into that later. But that quite is a few of them sneak, sneak back in yes. to fight. We'll come back to that. Yes. So they left out the fact that half of Hogwarts isn't even there in the school Fighting. Like, they all get escorted out. Mm-hmm. And then, I think the thing I'll end this point on is, I wish with Ravenclaw's diadem and talking to... Um, her daughter, Helena. Is, is it Helena? Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't remember if that was her name. I thought it was... That was Hufflepuff, because I'm thinking H. But... No. Yes, so... Her daughter, Helena. Her daughter, Helena... Is Helena is like Ravenclaw's founder's daughter, Rowena Ravenclaw. I don't. Daughter. I don't know if they make that abundantly clear in the movie. No, they they do. Yeah. Harry goes, no, you're he- Helena Ravenclaw, right? And I, so I, I don't know. It's, you, 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 you assume. You assume. 
But in the book, you get like her full backstory about her and the bloody Baron, who we've talked about the disservice done to him before. He's not some pirate-looking Captain Hook dude. No. So the story goes, if you haven't read the books or it's been a while and you don't remember... Because I didn't. <laughs> Helena Ravenclaw was went to Hogwarts at, with the Bloody Baron. He was in Slytherin. She was in Ravenclaw. He was in love with her. She didn't feel the same. At one point, she steals the diadem from her mother in an attempt to try to become better than her mom, smarter, wiser than her mom. So she steals it and runs away to Albania. And then the mom, Rowena Ravenclaw, falls ill, wants to see her daughter, sends the Bloody Baron to go fetch her from Albania. He goes, finds her. She says, no, I'm not coming back with you. In a fit of rage, he murders her and then kills himself after. It's quite a dramatic tale. (laughs) Also... Man, some guys just can't take rejection. No. Because I'm going to get into that later. Okay. (laughs) But, so it's very interesting. So then they both come back as ghosts at the school. And no one knows that there's, like, this connection between the two. Like, he killed her and then killed himself. Which is why they're both covered in silver blood. Yeah. BTW. Um, Not clear in the movies. And then you find out that Tom Riddle, when he went to school, kind of, like, charmed... Which is included in the movie. She talks about Tom. A little bit, but she's really... She's really... They made her They make like, it like a ghost story. Like, they try to make it almost, like, scary. Like They make her like a prettier Moaning Myrtle. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> and I didn't like it. She's supposed to be really calm and collected the whole time. Because she's Ravenclaw's daughter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she talks about how Voldemort charmed her, and she thought that he just wanted to know about it to help him, like, you know, be smarter... And then she told him where to find it. He went to Albania to get it and then turned it into a horcrux. And, and brought it back, brought to, the it back to the school and hid it. Which, if you rewind back to, you know, the first Harry Potter, he is hiding in Albania. So it all comes full circle. Yeah. But those are just a few of the many things that I wish they had included or not changed in the movie. But I will end that there and turn it over to you. Okay, well, I'm going to try to make my number three real quick. Sorry. It's so, so hard. Just a couple things. Okay, so my number three is the complete erasure of Theodore Remus Lupin, or Teddy, as he is known to those who love him. Okay, so one of the things that is cut out that we talked about in the first part is this conversation with Remus where they find out that Tonks is pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. They kind of fight, and Harry basically gets Remus to go back to Tonks, which is good because he was feeling all guilty because he's like, there's a chance he could be a werewolf. Well, he's not. Spoiler. That doesn't happen. He is in uh, the the... Metamorphosis. Yeah, he can, like, change his appearance and stuff like his mom yeah. instead, which is dope. Yeah, way anyway, cooler. So one of the things that they completely take out is while they're at the cottage, uh, Lupin shows up mm-hmm. and tells them all that it's a boy. And they're all like, Tonks had the baby? And he's all like, yes. 
We've named him after Tonks. Theodore after Tonks's dad. Who died. Who we died. We talked about that last time. Which we find out, yeah, in the first part as well. Well, we don't find that out in the first part, but we do find out in the earlier part of the book. Yeah. No, technically don't, you don't. I don't think you find out. I just out talked in the movie. about it last time, but technically yeah. it happens in this one. Sorry. Anyway. Um so they name him after her dad, which is awesome. And then they're all like drinks all around. Harry's like really happy, but then also feeling real anxious, right? About the like the last conversation he had with Remus. And Remus basically comes over to him. He's really happy. He like gives him this big hug, which makes Harry feel relieved. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, You'll be godfather, of course. <laughs> and Harry's like, Blimey, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, I will. And he's <laughs> like, Tonks is on board. Like. And 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 Harry's like, Are you sure? And he's like, Yeah, Tonks agrees. Like, we are all in agreement. Like, it has to be you. Blah, blah, blah. It's very sweet. Very sweet, very awesome. It's awesome. Okay, then later, and the movie has a deleted scene where they include this, but they take it out, of course, mm -hmm. right? So originally, Tonks isn't at the school when the Battle of Hogwarts begins mm -hmm. because she's at home with her son. Yes. But she shows up last minute, and Lupin's like, uh, what are you doing? Should be home with Teddy. And she's all like, no, I need to be here with you. He's asleep. He won't even notice we're gone until morning. Yeah. It's a very cute deleted scene. I'm very upset they took it out, and I'll get I into mean, it more later. I mean, they included that scene where they're, like, reaching out their hands, which is, like, meh. Yes, but, like, okay. Then, spoiler alert, you should all know this, both of them die. It's real sad. Leaving Teddy orphaned. Who does that remind you of? I don't know. Maybe Harry? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's so, like, it's... Harry's parents died protecting him and also while, like, fighting the good fight against Voldemort. Mm -hmm. Teddy's parents die fighting the good fight against Voldemort also because they want to protect him in the long run, yeah. you know, so that he can grow up in a normal world. Yeah. And so then Harry is the godfather to this kid who's basically living the life he lived, you know, where... Could have lived. Well, could have lived, well, if he had, you know, if he had better, if he had serious there the whole yeah, time. Yeah, basically. So then he, I don't know. It's just, I like the symbolism. I like the, like, it's not a metaphor, but you know, like the, I cannot think of simile. the right. It's not really a simile either. I can't the think The mirror of, image. The mirroring maybe? Yeah. I, I can't think of the right literary term to use here, but, um, because then again, in the epilogue, along with the, like, little chat he has with his son about Slytherin's not that bad, he also, they overhear, you know, things about Teddy, and they talk about how Teddy's already over at their house four nights a week for dinner. He might as well just move in at that point, blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah. just, again, yeah, he, he has stepped into that role that Sirius couldn't mm -hmm. and has you know, done what he could and to step in for this kid. And he was, he became a godfather at 17. Well, guess what? Sirius became a godfather at like 19. Yeah, pretty 20. close. Proof, by the way, we didn't spare, we didn't say this definitively in the last one, but I'm going to say it right now. If you look at the dates on the headstones of Harry's parents, they died when they were 21. Yeah. Which means Snape, Lupin, 
Peter Pettigrew. Serious. Serious. We're all 21. <laughs> when Harry was, you know. When he was a when, year when old. When Harry was when a year died. old, they were all 21. Which yeah. means James and Lily were like 19-ish when they got pregnant with Harry. Maybe 20. Yeah. No, they had no. to have been 19, 19 at least when they got pregnant. And then, yeah. Yeah. Like... They were young guys. They were kids. They were children themselves. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) And not to say anything against people who get married that. I'm not calling you children, but come on. You're very young in that time. I also mentioned how I think it's funny how they changed actors on so many people. Like, so many characters got changed. Like, not the main big ones, but a lot of side characters got changed throughout the years. But for some reason in this last one, they felt like they needed the same James and Lily actor as They're, in the, the early should, ones. They should be 21. I was like, you got new information. Change the actors. <laughs> they should have been 21. Yes. Um, Justification. And like the Snape that's like in the flashbacks. They CGI him to look CGI younger. They CGI him to look younger, but like. Still too old. He still looks like he's in his late 30s. Like. Bro should be 21. Yeah. <laughs> a little one. Anyways. Anyway, that was a little bit of a tangent. But yeah, basically, I just, I really missed some of that Lupin family mm-hmm. drama, so to speak, and just the inclusion of Teddy and the fact that Harry is made a godfather and it kind of just like comes full circle almost and yeah. just. Would have been cool to include. Okay, that's my number three. I did not take near as much time as you, so nope. you go ahead with your number two. My number two hopefully will be quicker, but for our sake, I am going to go stop and repress that just because I worry it's going to time out, like mid-me talking again. Cool, 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 So cool, give me just a hot second to sneak over there. I'll figure out the settings for my camera eventually. It's not even my camera. It's my husband's. Well... Camera sucks. Just kidding. It looks like it might be the same camera I have at home. Yeah. So, okay, numero dos. Alrighty, numero dos is all about Harry and Dumbledore's relationship slash Dumbledore's past slash his family, all things Dumbledore. And I know I've talked Which about we him. We said we'd get to. I talked about him before, point. but that was more like the actor being bad job. This is just them leaving out all the good stuff about him. Oh, the battery is flashing. Yikes. Just one thing after another with this. Yep. <laughs> okay, we'll just keep going. Yeah. Well, you can, I guess. Okay, well, pay attention to it for me so I can mm-hmm. stop when I need to. So the writers, I guess, decided that all of Dumbledore's backstory wasn't really that important or crucial to the Basically, story. Basically, they kind of throw in a little bit about Ariana, but they have to. Yeah, because her portrait because is there. Because it's her portrait. Like, so they kind of like, have to explain That's who your she sister. Is. She died young. Anyway. <laughs> it's like, okay. no, give me the backstory. And then there's, and then they include Aberforth going like, well, my brother hurt a lot of people in his rise to power. But then they never was fully all secrecy. explain it. Okay, well, good luck in there. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the problem is, when you don't get the full explanation, you kind of are just like, wait, so what did Dumbledore do? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. What? Well, and also it would have been cool because in the book you do get an explanation for what, like, you 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 finally understand what it was that Dumbledore 
experienced. Yes. While he was drinking the potion in the sixth one. Yes. And even if they had just included that, that would have been cool. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a five minute at most rundown of this story. Hopefully less. But I'm going to try to keep Hopefully it quick. Hopefully less. <laughs> yeah. So the important things that you learn. So there's the whole book. We talked about this, I think, a little bit last time. The book, The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore by Rita Skeeter. She wrote this book after he died about all this stuff that he did. Harry was, like, super torn up about it because he was like, did I know Dumbledore at all? Like, did he? Did and no, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> um, which, but people can change. Yes, people obviously have the opportunity to change, but it's very interesting to look at Dumbledore's past and yeah. be like, it's a good commentary on how your heroes aren't always as perfect as you think they are. Well, and nobody's perfect, and so you should never think your heroes are perfect either. No. There's a lot of gray area in the good versus evil and all of that. So, Dumbledore's family, he has his parents, He has he's the oldest, then there's Aberforth, and then their youngest sister, Ariana. When Ariana was six years old, and just kind of like, you know, discovering her magical powers. Because it's normal, that's how... Yeah. It's the same with any It's the same child. with Harry, right? Yeah, Harry Before he was 11... Thing. He kept doing weird things. Yeah. yeah. But she Manic, was... Magic is going to manifest itself. In she was caught by three muggle boys who tormented her, essentially. Not just tormented, they tortured. Yeah, tortured her. Which left her partially, like... Insane. Insane, essentially. And unable to control her magical abilities at all. Well, because she becomes... Kind of what they explain in the Fantastic Beasts. I don't accept that. Okay. Nonsense. Well, it's not complete nonsense. It makes sense. No. No. <laughs> Anyways, so but she can't... It, it kind of explains what happens to a magical person when they deny their magical abilities. She wasn't a squib. No. People thought she might have been a squib, but she wasn't. She was just... She couldn't control them. Mentally shifted about because of what those three boys did when yeah. she was so young. She didn't really and understand. And those, those three muggle yeah. boys, their father, Percival, actually attacked them. and Over got what they did. Or because of what they did and got sent to Azkaban for it. Because they wouldn't admit what the muggles did to Ariana. Because Ariana would have been taken away for the safety of the Secrecy Act and yeah, all of that. Yeah. They didn't want her to go to St. Mangos. So Mangos. after... I said St. Mangos? St. Mangos. <laughs> um, so Dumbledore's dad gets sent to Azkaban. Then they move to Godric's Hollow, which they never even fully talk about that either. No, no, they, they don't. Like, yeah. Harry has this whole existential crisis, like... Dumbledore was from the same place I was from, and he never told me. Like, we could have visited here together. We could have talked about it. He could have shown me. But it makes me. sense, once you know the truth, why Dumbledore wouldn't want to go back to Godric's No, he had a rough time there. So, but it really is hard for Harry to learn all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And you learn it when they go to visit Aberforth. Not visit, but when Aberforth saves them. Aberforth's the one that tells this story. So. Because of the promptings of the... Picture, the picture of Ariana. Yeah. So they end up, uh, the Dumbledore's family moved to Godric's Hollow. They kind of shut everyone out. Ariana stayed in the basement and everyone thought that she was a squib. And that her mom was this cruel thing when really it was, they were trying to just keep placate her, her and keep her happy too. Yeah. Because if she ever got too upset, she couldn't control her magic and would just go on these rages 
and these rampages. Which eventually happened and Kendra, the mom, died in the process. Because she couldn't calm her down. No. So Ariana actually ended up killing their mom. And that was right when Albus was about to go on this big adventure. He just graduated from Hogwarts. He had just Hogwarts. graduated school, yeah. And then he had to move home to take care of Ariana because he wanted Aberforth to stay in school. That's when Grindelwald moved in next door, which, again, you don't get a whole lot about him. Only that he had the Elder Wand for a while. And even then, you don't fully know who he is. Who he is. Grindelwald was like this famous evil wizard that Dumbledore was famous for defeating. And then... But before he was a famous dark wizard... Before all of that... They were friends. He got kicked out of Durmstrung. He got expelled from Durmstrung, moved in with his aunt... Uh, who lived next door to the Dumbledores. Well, and it was, isn't, wasn't it Matilda Bagshaw? Matilda? Yeah. Yeah. And then Albus and Grindelwald formed this friendship and... And they, you learned through this conversation that they were obsessed with finding the Deathly Hallows. They, yeah. They were, and they wanted to subdue muggles. Well... Yeah, that letter they, pretty they straight wanted up to said subdu- that. They didn't, well, Grindelwald did... Even Dumbledore did for a bit. But he talks about, basically, Dumbledore's focus was freeing the magic world. Yes. And and basically eliminating that secrecy. Yes, the code of secrecy and everything whatever. like that. The official name, I can't remember. And then it was all but yeah, for but the greater good. Yeah, but Dumbledore was also, yeah, he was getting he some was, sketchy ideas. Yes, which Harry, again, has a hard time being like, Like wrapping his head freak, around. freak, man? Because it doesn't sound like the Dumbledore he knew. But that's because people can change. So Aberforth comes home from Hogwarts, or it's before he's about to go to Hogwarts. It's right before the summer ends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he gets mad at Albus and is like, you are neglecting Ariana. You have all these grand dreams. You think you're going to be able to do it with her in tow? Like, no, you're being a terrible brother. And Well, and guardian, because... Yeah. Yeah, because she's 14 at this point. So he confronts him about it. Grindelwald is there and... Uses the Cruciatus curse on Aberforth, like a super ticked. They get in this big duel. Because then Dumbledore, well, they're both Dumbledore. Because then Albus Dumbledore is like, whoa, stop. He tries to stop him. Then all three of them go at it. And Ariana, trying to help them, gets caught up in it and dies. And that's how she dies. Which you figure out. It's not like it wasn't some weird thing about trying to keep her quiet or whatever. Like she... Dumbledore... Neither of the Dumbledore brothers purposely killed her. No, but one of the jinxes backfired and ended up hitting her. Aberforth even says that he... It could have been any one of them. They aren't sure exactly what happened. Yeah. And then at the funeral for Ariana, Aberforth punches Albus in the face and breaks his nose. That's why his nose is all... Crooked. Yep. Because he never fixes it with magic because it's a reminder of what, what happened. happened. And that was kind of the wake-up call that he needed. And he cut off ties with Grindelwald and he started being, you know, better. And it took until the seventh book for Aberforth to finally forgive his brother, which is kind of sad. But I just... And, like, Dumbledore had big regrets about it, which is why, you know, when he drinks the potion, that's what he thinks about and stuff. Because Aberforth even says, he says something about, like, it didn't haunt him or, like, he didn't give it a second. Oh, he says something. And then Harry's like, "Mm, no. Oh, it's like he was free of it all. Yeah. And then Harry's like, I want to be so sure of that. He was never free of it. You should have seen him. Mm -hmm. I know what he was experiencing when he drank that potion. 
was that moment. Yes. And he wanted so badly to save you both, and he yes. couldn't. Yes. Yeah. So, that's their story. So, if you haven't read the book, there's Dumbledore's past. Or if it's past, been a while. Or if it's been a while. So, Wait. I... Wait. Yep. yep. I hear a baby. Baby is crying. Stop everything. Okay. Okay. I don't know if we need that, but either way... It's better safe than sorry. We are back after an undisclosed amount of time. Children are no longer crying. <laughs> no, they had a good night's sleep. We had a... I didn't. Okay. Nope. <laughs> it's the next day. Don't worry about it. No, you're just imagining that we look different and sound different and everything's changed. Yeah. No, it's fine. Do, 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 do. Okay. Dumbledore's... Right, so finishing up my second point, Dumbledore and his family had, a, in my opinion, a very interesting story that I think that they easily could have done, like, even just, like, a three-minute little recap of, and it would have been really cool, and it would have given you more depth about Dumbledore, and then when Harry goes and dies and then meets Dumbledore at King's Cross... Dumbledore kind of like talks to him about it and they have this connection and they finally like find closure together because they had such a complicated relationship and I just wish we would have seen a bit more of that in the movie and I've seen some people who are like I'm glad they didn't put it in I think it would have thrown off the groove but I don't think so I don't think it would have thrown off the groove because it's almost like because they didn't address some of it but there's still, like, the negatives towards Dumbledore in the yeah, movie. Yeah, like, they only say the bad stuff. There's no balance. Yeah, there's no, like, like you said, like, closure. I don't yeah. know. So, it was, yeah, I just wish they had included it. So, there you go. That's my second point. What's yours? Okay, so this is my point that might take up a, a, a pretty penny, big chunk of time. But I'm going to try it. Okay, so let's talk about Severus Snape. Now, I know I've talked about Severus Snape before and how the movies make him not as bad as he is in the books, but now I'm really gonna get into it, okay? Because the movie really tries to like put him in this different light and, almost, and, and like give him a redemption arc. Mm -hmm. And maybe even J.K. Rowling herself tried to give him a redemption arc in the book, but she didn't do a really good job because he's not redeemed and he's scummy, and I'm going to tell you why. I think J.K. Rowling probably, from the beginning, from book one, had this idea of Snape's going to be bad, but then secretly he's going to turn out to be good. And that's like a cool concept. But she didn't But she, she did a bad job with it. <laughs> she I made mean, him too bad. And I'm going to tell you why. Because there was no coming back from it. Okay. <laughs> so, let me get my notes. They're all on my phone. That's what I'm looking at on my phone. Okay. So, I don't know where to start. Okay. So, let's start <laughs> with the fact that he has been awful and cruel and horrible to students for years and years and years. Like, and, like, and period, full stop. There's no justification for that. I don't care what people say. He was awful. 
Uh, there is and no cruel. no reason to be that rude to teenagers. 11-year-olds. 11, 12, 13, 14, doesn't matter. There's Ours, no reason. No. So stupid. There is no justification. No justification. So then, people like to say that, oh, but he loved Lily. He loved Harry's mom. Okay, so he, he loved her. Gross. No. What he had for her was not true love. It was like obsessive possessiveness. Okay? In the book, and again, the movie doesn't do a great job at showing the like past of Lily and Severus. No. Um, but in the book, you see it. And it's a lot of Snape just watching Lily and becoming obsessive and just obsessing over her. And Lily being nice and being his just friend. A, a decent human being. And just being decent. And Snape, for whatever reason, thinking that she owes him because he was her he was her first, you know, friend and from the wizarding world, and he helped her understand things from that world before she ever got her letter to Hogwarts. Yeah. He was cruel. He is a big reason why the, her relationship with Petunia. Mm -hmm. was destroyed. It was because of Snape that Harry's, you know, aunt and uncle treated him the way he... I mean, they grew up, they became adults. Adults should never treat a child that way anyway. But the destruction of the relationship between Petunia and Lily, in big part, it was because of Snape. And you don't get Petunia's past, you know? You don't... Hi. <laughs> you want to say hi? Hi. Hi. What are you doing? Yeah. You need to go potty, Mom. Oh, you need to go potty? <laughs> okay, you're a biggie girl. You can do it by yourself. It's right in there. There's a potty right there. Go run, go, run, go potty. Okay. <laughs> that was my three-year-old, everyone. Okay. So no, but you don't but get yeah, you don't get Petunia's side of the story where she actually begged to go to Hogwarts. She wrote a letter to Dumbledore because she wanted to go, and so when she wasn't allowed, that was like the straw that broke the camel's back, and then she was just well. Done. It wasn't just that; it was then because Snape found it. Yes, and made he fun and of her. he was like, "Oh, we should open this and read it," and blah blah, and just Snape was kind of. I mean, I know he had a rough childhood, you know, not well, great parents, but... He had a rough childhood, like a lot of kids have a rough childhood, where his parents were having marital issues. Yeah. That's not an excuse to become a scummy person. Plenty of people's parents get divorced and things, yeah. and they aren't scummy people. Yeah. Anyway, so I will continue. So then, throughout his schooling, he continues to claim he's in love with Lily, and... But again, it's really just obsession and possessiveness... And he immediately, very early on, starts hanging out with not great people mm -mm. and begins dabbling in the dark arts. And here's the thing. He even brings up to Lily, like, you don't get mad with the stuff that James and Sirius are doing. And she's all like, don't get me wrong. They're idiots. Because <laughs> they were. Because they were. They were and dumb like, teenagers. And she's like, but what they're doing is, is pranks. Yeah. They're doing silly, dumb pranks, and yes, it's stupid, and yes, people still sometimes get hurt. It's like Fred and George. 
But yeah, they were like Fred and George kind of jokes. Ser like Severus Snape in like his sixth year, fifth, sixth and seventh year at Hogwarts already started dabbling in the dark arts and they were torturing and hurting other kids. He calls her a mudblood at one point. Mm -hmm. And, and, and he, he does this arc and there's this, this conversation between them in the book, not in the movie where he's all like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you that. She's like, Oh, right. You didn't mean to call me that. It's only okay for you to call everybody else that. Yeah. Because again, he just had this weird obsession thing with Lily. He didn't care care about Muggleborns or you know or mixed like other than just his weird obsession with Lily. He did fully agree with and believe in everything else Voldemort stood for. Yes, and he was the half blood prince, and he did all that weird stuff. Came up Septum with Sempra. Came Some up of those, with those spells he came up with are. Cruel. They're they're bad. Well, and then a bit a big point. Okay, so we learn right that Neville could have been the chosen one, right? Yes. yes. So let's say that Voldemort had chosen Neville mm -hmm. to be the chosen one, and Neville's parents died, and Harry's parents lived. Snape would have remained a Death Eater. Yeah. The whole time. Yep. No change of heart there because he really didn't have a true change of heart anyway. He just had this weird obsession-y guilt thing with Lily. And because Voldemort killed Lily, er, I have to get back at Voldemort now because Voldemort broke my thing. Like, yeah. you know? It's not, I don't it's agree with love. what he's doing. It's, he killed her, so now I'm he, mad. He, he got, he, he took something away of mine, so now I'm mad at he him. He was very selfish. Very selfish. And if he had truly loved Lily... He wouldn't have treated, treated Harry like crap. Like, it doesn't matter if it was James's son, too. Like, you just don't do that. Mom. Yes, baby. Mom, I figured out to the party. You figured it out? Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Can you go and find Nana and close the door? Thank Bye. you. I love you. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. So. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so Snape yeah, so if wouldn't Neville, have changed. He would, and, and again, he didn't truly change. And yet he treated Harry like garbage just because he was James's son. He's also Lily's son. And when Snape dies, he doesn't cry it's no, not his there's tears, no tears that like he puts in the pensieve or whatever. No, he gives him memory, he, like like he takes his it wand, has been in all other movies thing. and things. It's well, and it's not Snape that does it because Snape is dying. And he's no, no, no. I mean, I mean, Harry but takes Harry, the wand, and then Hermione like magics up a flask. Yeah, and that's what they. It's actual memory. Not just tears. It's consistent and then with he doesn't everything. say because yeah the the oh you have your mother's eyes like Snape saying that is is kind of it, I I get it it gets hit you in the feels that's not what he says in the book no. in the book all he says is look at me because he wants to see because the he eyes. wants to see his Lily's eyes right before he dies but again that it, it's not. Love, guys, that's not a healthy example or portrayal of love. That's obsessive, possessive, toxic. The toxicity of the friend zone. 
Which doesn't exist. No. Just because somebody is nice to you and thinks you're friends does not mean they owe you anything. And like, even if you like them, the if you truly love someone, you let them go. And if you truly love someone, you want them to be happy. No matter how they get that happiness. No. Exactly. So, I mean, and I think the way that you have to look at it is Snape dies, goes to, you know, wherever dead people go, runs into Lily. What's her reaction going to be? Is she going to be like, oh, Snape, I'm so glad that you did all that for my son. Is she going to be like, dude, what the heck? <laughs> you were such a jerk. Yeah, like, it's just... no. It's... And yes, without Snape, they probably couldn't have taken down Voldemort. No. But, and, and so like, yeah, because things happened the way they did, he did come to the right side, but it was for selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because he was some hero. No. He did it all for very selfish reasons. Yes. So. He's a real good also, liar. Also, the way in the movie, he it shows him, like, running to the Harry's house after yeah, he finds Yeah, cradling out and, like, Lily. Cradling Lily and mm-hmm. stuff. Like. As Harry's just crying in the crib, he's like, screw the baby who's alive. I'm going to cradle the dead woman that I loved. Who I was awful to as well. Anyway, listen, if you're a Snape apologist, you probably didn't even listen to any of this, but... Yeah, you probably clicked off. That's okay. I understand that there's the people out there, and the problem is I think a lot of people read the seventh one or watched the seventh movie and were like, oh my goodness, Snape was good the whole time. Oh, that's so cool. He's such a dynamic character, and he's super cool. I love Snape. And then they never really thought about who he really is. And so here's another thing. And and it's not their fault because freaking J.K. Rowling herself kind of didn't even fully convict to her characters. There is no way in hell that Harry would have ever named his kid after Severus Snape. No. That's like... Naming your son after your mom's ex-boyfriend. Who tortured you all your life. <laughs> Why would you do that? Cool. He did help in the long... Like, in the end, you find out, okay, I guess he didn't double-cross us. That's nice. This time. He was still an awful person who treated you like crap your whole life and was just awful. Yeah. Doesn't change all those facts. Doesn't change any of that. And there's no way Harry would have just forgotten all of that. And been okay with it. And been okay with it. There were way better people. Hagrid Hagrid would have been a better name than Albus Severus, okay? Honestly, the amount of jokes online, I'll probably share some on our uh, Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Yeah, they're funny. There's some good ones. But I, my, my, my go-to is, he should have said, Hagrid Hagrid Hagrid. Not even Potter. His name is just Hagrid, Hagrid, Hagrid. <laughs> you were named after the only man who truly ever did actually care about me. True that. Even Dumbledore. Even if even if you wanted to keep Albus, it should have been Albus Hagrid Potter. Yeah, Hagrid got shafted. I guess, is ha- was Hagrid his last name? Okay, fine. Rubius then. He could have done Hagrid. I don't, I don't care. Albus Rubius? Better than Severus. Yeah, either way. I appreciate Snape as a dynamic character. Love Alan Rickman. No hate against Alan Rickman. 
I no. think Alan Rickman's charm and great acting is part of the reason why people like Snape, even when they. Sh- well, again, you shouldn't. It's not like you shouldn't like him, but you should appreciate him for what he is, mm-hmm. which is a well-rounded, well-written character. But he's not a good person. No. Okay, that was a rant. Actually, I'm actually pretty proud of myself. I feel like I stayed pretty concise yeah. and just yeah. stuck with. The important points. The important Cause points. Because I could have said more. But could do a whole episode on Snape. But that's that's my number two. That's going right. to be it. Fair enough. We've got some honorable mentions, though. <laughs> yes. So, before we get to our number ones, which my number one, I think I'll actually be able to get through pretty quick. But And we've already talked about some honorable mentions. Yeah. So. Um, let's see. That's gonna Oh, be- I have a big one. There you go. They don't explain, and I really wish they would have, why Voldemort is the way he is. Yeah. Because Tom Riddle Sr., his dad, the muggle, Mm -hmm. that his mom, the pureblood heir, like, you know, from the line of Slytherin, the only reason they ever got together was because Voldemort's mom gave Tom Riddle a super, super powerful and potent love potion. Mm -hmm. And so because... Voldemort, Tom Riddle Jr., little Jr., <laughs> was conceived under this love potion, it makes it so that he cannot feel love. Yes, which is critical to how he became so evil in the first place. And how he is so... Uh, he doesn't have remorse and he doesn't feel regret or no. sorry about anything or he doesn't no. truly care about anyone but himself. He only cares about Nagini, but Nagini is a part of himself, so... So, in the end, he literally just cares about himself. Yep. And that's why. Because he was conceived under the influence of this crazy love potion. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely more that they could have gone into there. I wish the... um, So, I know we talked about the Deathly Hollows a little bit last time. Something I wish that they had just, like, somewhat included a little bit... Um, so the Peveril family were the original brothers, the three brothers in the Deathly Hollows, like, tale. And the oldest one got killed because someone wanted the elder one, and then the second one killed himself because his fiance and stuff. But they had children and had ancestors, and while the Peveril name died out, the daughters carried on the bloodline, and they also passed on the like gifts from death and so not so, the wand because the wand wand went you know through people, through different hands but, but the, the resurrection stone stone and the, and the invisibility cloak mm-hmm. and you actually find out that the gaunts marvelo gaunt and also tom riddle's mom tom riddle jr's mom the, like gaunts, the gaunt yeah the line that they were the lines they were the slytherin. line from slytherin who also they had the crest on the ring which well the ring is was the resurrection stone. it was the resurrection stone yeah which shows that voldemort was a descendant from one of the brothers and then harry is a descendant from the youngest brother because he got the invisibility cloak passed down through the potter line mm-hmm. and so i just thought it was a really cool like little fun fact that both voldemort and harry are descended from the peveril brothers with the original deathly hollows and I think that they easily could have thrown that in there in like a little fun fact thing, but 
I know, you know, time restraints. And well, and in the movie too, like, it's like, I know in previous movies they've done things where, you know, it's even if it's just like they look at a plaque. Yeah. And like, hey, you can read it on the plaque yourself. Like, you don't have to do this full exposition. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like, like a full scene, but just like a little tidbit. And then the only other one I have is I wish the end had been more fully flushed out. Yeah. Instead of just the three of them standing on the bridge, like, looking dead, and then it goes to the epilogue. Yeah. Like, you actually learn a lot more about, like, what happened after Voldemort was gone. Kingsley Shacklebolt became Minister of Magic, which is pretty dope. Um, and they, like, all kind of started figuring life out. Minerva McGonagall became headmaster, headmistress of Hogwarts. Hogwarts. And you kind of, like, figure out... What's going on? And I think they could have done, like, a cool montage there at the end of, like, rebuilding mm -hmm. the world after that. Harry does become an Auror. Mm-hmm. Yes. So does Ron, I think. I believe Ron does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but they also... And so they give you a little bit in that epilogue, and I do like that they did the epilogue, right? Yes. Um, but I think it would have been really cool to find out that Neville becomes the... Defense Against the Dark yep. Arts professor at Hogwarts. Yep. Like, how cool is that? Um, that's something that the movie actually does a pretty good job of, is Neville is a total, just, like, he's awesome. He's a baller like, by the end. with Harry not at the school, Neville, Ginny, and Luna kind of just, like, took up these arms of, mm -hmm. like, okay, it's up to us to fight the good fight here at school. Yeah. Um, and they do a pretty good job of at least showing, like, that Neville kind of took the lead and he took the brunt of it, like, with yeah. the punishments and stuff. So, I mean, I think it's interesting because in the book, Neville gets, like, tortured by... Voldemort. It's not like he comes out and says his cool speech and then just gets like blasted back. Voldemort freezes him, sets the sorting hat on fire, and puts it on top of Neville's head. Like, whoa. It's pretty crazy. And he was, wasn't just like hit or hurt or whatever. It's like they use the Cruciatus curse like yes. on students now all the time. And like, so it's like this whole thing. And I get they just wanted to kind of, like, move through that quickly in the movie to get to, like, the stupidly long fight that I'll talk about in a second. But, yeah. So those are my honorable mentions. Um, Do you have any others? Yeah. So I also wanted to say I really liked Aberforth and the actor mm. that they had for Aberforth. Yep. Should have looked up his name. Whoops. Uh, again. I'll look it up while you keep talking. that. So I really liked Aberforth. I think he did a good job at portraying. I mean, he he looks like he could have been Dumbledore's brother, right? The actor for Dumbledore. Um, uh, and <laughs> he did a good job of kind of showing the like reluctant or not necessarily reluctant, but like the pessimistic like helper and like the pessimistic uh, like soldier. Um, I don't I don't know how to say that. <laughs> okay, listen. <laughs> okay, so his name is like Celtic. So I'm gonna say it's Kieran Hines. Kieran, Kieran, yeah. Because it's C I A R A tilde N. 
Yeah. And I think in like Celtic things, the way you'd say that is Kieran. Either way, he did a really good job. Yep. We could look up how to say it as well, but that's, I don't have time for that. We have to keep going. We're, yep. This is long. Okay. Yep. Um, I also really liked, like, McGonagall is also, she's always just a total bad A, mm -hmm. and the other professors. Yeah, they left out the duel between Voldemort, McGonagall, and uh, Slughorn. Oh, Slughorn? I thought it was Flitwick. Yeah, no, fighting, oh, no, it was McGonagall, Slughorn, and Kingsley all fighting, fighting against Voldemort. Voldemort. Like, this four-way, like, three versus one, and it was really cool because you got to see Slughorn actually, like fighting against Voldemort finally because he's kind of been like in the shadows like I don't want to really get involved because he was trying to save him, himself he, yeah, yeah. He's a little bit like but in the end but he it was, did the right thing he finally was fighting mm -hmm. against Tom Riddle his old student and so it was a cool moment that I wish we got to see yeah it was and there and there were cool things like I liked um I mean the actress for Luna Lovegood's awesome I right? love her we know that yep um Oh, sorry. Hmm. Um, I mean, there's more we could talk about, but we really should just get to our number ones. Yeah. All so. right. So those are the honorable mentions. So my number one is a continuation of last time, The Deaths Part 2. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got to talk about the ones that went down or didn't go down in this movie. So they did a really good job in the beginning, all of those people getting killed at Gringotts. I mean, like, you kind of have to just put two and two together. Like, they're all dead, and then Voldemort's Rip Hook actually there. doesn't die. We don't know. No, we, we do. He's not. He doesn't die. Really? He disappears with the sword. Right, he right, leaves right, right, right. Gringotts. He's right, not right. there anymore. The other one does get burned yeah. by the dragon, though, mm -hmm. which was accurate. Now, hilarious scene. But yeah, you're going to have just like, I guess Voldemort's there, so they, he probably killed them all. In his anger. Yeah. Which is but true. But it wasn't he just does. goblins. He kills, he kills a, a lot bunch of, of like his own followers too. And, and in the book, like Bellatrix and Lucius Malfoy are like booking it and pushing people behind them because they know like he's angry. And if you're just there, you will get caught in the crossfire. Yeah. He just kind of has like a connection fit and just murders anyone in the vicinity because the cup is gone. Um, So that one was good. Then you kind of jump forward like obviously snatchers die and people get killed during all that and then you jump forward to the battle of hogwarts or pre-battle of hogwarts like right around that beginning there's the whole fiend fire scene crab does die which he's supposed to in his own fire don't crab and goyle both die in the book no it's just crab goyle does get saved okay but remember they switched no no, no but i thought he died later in I, the battle no. mm -mm. Oh, okay no he does not uh, Crab does. And then Lavender Brown does get attacked by Fenrir Greyback. She doesn't die at that point in time, but she dies later because they can't save her. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, which, I mean, at least she was in the sixth one and they used the same actress. So you could kind of, again, put two and two together. Um, but it is kind of cool to see, like, Lavender, like, there in the fight and it's sad that she dies. If well, you... and it's also, those who really were paying attention back in, like, the fourth one and stuff, Cho Chang is a year older than all of them. Yes. So, she's no longer a student. No. This is Harry and Hermione's seventh, and Ron's seventh year. 
which means Cho graduated. Yes. So Cho, as well as like Fred and George and everyone, still have their coins from the DA. Mm-hmm. And Neville sends out a message, and that's how and why they come back. Yes. So they're not. She's not there as a student. But um, uh, who do I want to talk about next? Colin Creevy. Oh, Colin. So if you jump back to the second. He was the boy with the camera that loved Harry Potter, got petrified, got saved. His brother came, Dennis, I believe his name was, the next year. And they just kind of totally forgot about them in in the movies at that point. So he's at that point, so he was probably like a fourth or fifth year. No, so Colin would have been a sixth year. Really? Because... Yeah, I guess he was just Harry's one second younger. year, he was a first year. Yeah. But then his brother would have been a fifth yes, year. Yes, his brother. So a 16 and like a 15-year-old. Yes. Anywhere between the ages of like 14 and 16. So they stayed back to fight, even though they were told to leave. And... Well, his brother was. His brother was told to leave. He also stayed back. He snuck back. Because the sixth years and seventh years, and I... Were given the option op- to Like, stay. they sent all the younger students home, and then, like, the older students, like the 16, 17-year-olds, they said could stay and fight if they wanted to. If they wanted. And so, Colin ends up getting killed. We don't fully see it. We just, when Harry comes and is about to go to his death, he sees, like, this lineup of all the dead bodies. Mm. And, and he's under the invisibility cloak. Yes, he's under the invisibility cloak. He's not out in the open where everyone can just see him. He's under the invisibility cloak, seeing all of this death and destruction, and he's like, yeah, I need to go stop this. And he sees Colin, who he just remembers as this young little full-of-light boy, and he just sees him dead. Well, and especially when you keep in mind, Colin and his brother are both muggle-born. Yeah. Like, they're quote-unquote mudbloods. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're like Hermione, like they don't have a single wizarding, Mm-mm. like neither of their parents are wizards or witches. No. And for him to stay and fight and in this battle and he had, in, in the movies you don't see him. No. So, Colin. In the movies you don't see him as much, but in the books he is there more yeah. often. He's in the DA. And it's impactful because it's this... This young boy who was filled with hope and always a supporter of Harry and always had his back and just so optimistic for, like, doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know, I, I it's one of the ones that hits me harder. Yeah. So. Then let's talk about Fred. So the way that they decided to do it in the movie was that Fred just, you see him dead in the room when Harry goes in. In the book, they come out of the room of requirement, which just burned down, and they destroy the diadem. They're running. Percy shows up. Percy Weasley, who up until this point has been pretty much isolated from the family because he didn't agree with what they were doing. Because he was awful, too. Yeah, he kind of sucked. Percy should have been the one that died. It wouldn't... No it one, would have been sad in its own way. No because, one would have cared. Because he would have died before he could really, truly make amends with his family. I feel like it would have still been impactful. Listen, Fred should have... Shouldn't, I just, I'm real bitter that she killed Fred. It's yes. fine. Um, so, he comes. He's talking with Fred and George. Or I think it's just Fred. Mm-hmm. George isn't there. 
And they're like joking around and Fred's like, oh my goodness, are you like, you're joking, Percy? Like, who is this guy? And then the wall explodes <laughs> and he gets hit. And in the explosion, he dies. So it's not like he gets hit by a curse or anything like that. It's not someone kills him. It's just an explosion kills him. And Percy is like right there and he's just like, oh my goodness. And they run over. Ron's there like sobbing over him. It's this whole thing. And then they bring him. And then it's like he's in the lineup and it's really sad. I, the first time I read this book, cried so much when I read that part. <laughs> yes, I remember you were in the other room, and then you were like she read it so first. mad. She read it first and wouldn't tell me anything. Yeah. And good, because she shouldn't have, right? Yeah. No spoilers. No. Um, and then I was, like, reading it, and I, like, came in here, because this is her old room, and I was just sobbing, and I was just like, are you kidding me? She killed Fred. Like, I was so mad. Yeah. Still bitter. Yep, clearly. Um, so I just think it could have been more impactful on the watcher to have seen it happen rather than just kind of have it be part of that whole death scene where it's like you're seeing so many dead bodies you're not really like getting the full impact fully getting it like they showed lavender brown getting killed but they couldn't show fred getting killed that seems weird yeah um lupin and tonks this is a big one for me i mean it's true you do not see them die they're just in the lineup you don't see them die in the book either like you don't no. know how it happened exactly but again because the book gives you so much more about their relationship and what they're leaving behind little daddy it just it was rough so I, I do think it's cute in the movie that they had them like you know like their hands close to each other mm -hmm. and it's really sad it's so sad still sad it's still sad yes. we're not saying that the movie didn't still make it sad it was still but sad I, I feel like teared up. if you've only seen the movies, you don't really have that, like, connection to Lupin and Tonks. You're kind of like, oh, yeah, those people from The Order, that's kind of sad. Like, maybe more to Lupin because he was strongly in the third one. But Tonks, you're like, yeah. But if you read the books and you have that happen, it's, like, <gasps> stabs you. Yeah. Um, Snape, you have uh, talked about. Yep. <laughs> he deserves everything he got. Sorry. It doesn't happen at the lake house. Like, the place is different, but that's it. I get they wanted a dramatic scene. Um, Nagini does get her head cut off by Neville. Neville. I'm by glad the sword they of kept that accurate. Though they yeah. made it way more, like, dramatic with, like, Hermione and Ron, like, doing this whole, like... Well, and again, with... They took up all this time. So much time. Trying to make, and, and it almost, to me, and maybe it's just because I've read the book so many times or what, but to me it almost came across as just overly dramatic. Like It was drawn it out. It didn't even impact me the way it should have and could have mm -hmm. because it was just, they, yeah, they just made these scenes too long and they tried to make everything so overly dramatic and... If they had just taken some of that out, they could have included other actually more meaningful and impactful things. Yep. Bellatrix, the whole way they did it was very interesting with the, like, shriveling up and... She didn't, like, break apart and then disappear into a bunch of pieces. No. She got hit with the killing curse. No, no, no. She did not. Yes, she did. No, she did not. She gets hit by a curse, not the killing curse. She gets hit by a curse in the heart. 
and that kills her because okay. Molly Weasley would never use the killing uh, it's curse. Gr- it's green in the movie. Oh, see, I'm thinking of the movie. The movie's not accurate. No, she uses a curse. It hits Bellatrix in the heart, like right and in the she chest. dies. But the uh, the lines are accurate, and I did appreciate that. Yeah, that's true. That line is the best. Yes, Molly Weasley being a boss. Protected her family. I think, as I'm about to talk about in a second with uh, Voldemort, I think they should have had Bellatrix just die a human death, and then they have, at the end, they have all of these Death Eaters and all of the good people, and you see all the death that happened because of this, Mm -hmm. and you see that they're all just human. So, Including Voldemort. Yes. So my final point. Voldemort's death was the stupidest and most overdramatic thing in this entire movie series, and I'm still mad about it. Who is he? Mother Gothel? <laughs> or literally anyone from Infinity War? <laughs> so, first of all, let's set the scene correctly. Not the BS that they did in the uh, movie with the whole, let's finish this together Tom and falling off the cliff and weird. No. Garbage. Yeah. So when Harry, you know, has defeated all of the Horcruxes and he knows, everyone kind of comes to the Great Hall and forms essentially like a circle around Voldemort and Harry, who are just around each like they just are circling each other, talking in the Great Hall with everyone watching. Everyone's watching. And then... Because Harry even says, like... It's just you and me. Just him and me. Nobody help me. And Voldemort tries to say some snide thing at him. And and Harry responds with, Horcruxes are all gone, Voldemort. Like, it's just you and me. You're just human now. Yeah. Let's finish it. Yeah. (laughs) One can't survive while the other lives or whatever. And it's also important to know at this point, Harry has already figured out... That he is the owner of the... Elder Wand. Elder Wand. There's no, like, post thing where he's like, oh, yeah, well, I figured this out, and her, or Ron and Hermione are like, oh, yeah, cool. No, they already knew. Yeah. So, that's... Anyways, weird juxtaposition there. Um, but they just circle each other and have, like, a cool conversation that kind of just ties everything up, and then they do the one last... Spell at each other, where Voldemort does Avada Kedavra and Harry does his classic Spelliarmus. Freaking loves that spell. They hit, and then it's not like the weird where it just flies up in the air and then Voldemort just dies, like in the movie. Like, no, it, while the curse is still going, the wand flies over to Harry and Voldemort's own killing curse Hits him. Because the wand goes to, yeah, and it's like, it, it's almost like the same thing that happened in the first place, where it's like his own spell rebounds back at him. So really, Voldemort killed himself. And then he dies. A human death, like where he's just human. a body, and he dies, and they bring him out into the hall, and then they have a huge celebration in the Great Hall. And I think that would have been an awesome, happier note to end on than just weirdly standing on the bridge. Like, they have a huge celebration. Ginny comes over and is so happy that Harry's alive and Ron and Hermione are together and everyone's happy and it's great and they celebrate, you know, the lives of those who died and all the while, human Voldemort is dead out in the hallway, which I think is very poetic. Mm-hmm. So, I just think because that... Because he has a body. Because he's just human. In he... the end, he's human. That's, like, the whole point of the series and they screwed it up by making him, like dissipate into air and then you breathe in Voldemort into your lungs. Gross. Yeah. 
And so no, thank you. that is my least favorite death in the entire book. I'm still upset about it. I'll be upset about it forever. But before I finish with the Elder One thing, I hate that they just had Harry break it in half like it's a dumb little twig and throw it off a cliff. <laughs> that does not happen. It's the strongest wand in the world. Harry fixes his own wand first because his wand's been broken for a while. So he uses the Elder Wand's power to fix his, his, own, his wand, own wand. And then he says, I'm going to destroy this one. And you don't actually see him destroy it because you, you can't know, just break you it don't in half. Know how he does it. No. <laughs> oh. So, I just, I, the ending was rough. They did not live up to my expectations, and I'm mad about it. Yes. What's your number one? Okay, finishing off strong here. Well, maybe. We'll, we'll see. Okay. So, I want to talk a little bit about Draco Malfoy. No, I love him. So here's the thing, and we've talked about, and I talked about him before too, but I want to talk about him again because Draco is given more of an actual true redemption. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in the beginning of the series, he's a snotty, bratty kid, and you know why he is that way, especially once you learn about his parents yeah. and what they've ingrained and instilled in him, yeah. right? But you learn, especially through the events of the sixth one, that he doesn't really want to kill anybody. No. He doesn't want to kill. He doesn't want to follow Voldemort. He doesn't want to do any of it. He wants to make his parents proud. He wants to make his <laughs> parents proud and bring, like, dignity back to the Malfoy name. That's what he wants to do. And he thinks he's doing the in the beginning of the book, you know, when he's more when he's got more of the bravado and things. Mm -hmm. You can tell that's what he he's actually like he he really believes that like okay, doing this will bring dignity back to my my family's name. Yeah. And then by the end, he's like, I don't I don't want to do this. I just don't want to do it. Mm -mm. And he has pity, well not pity, but he feels like guilty and remorse because it's like Dumbledore, the person that he's trying to kill and has been told to kill is being kinder to him than his family, Voldemort, or any of the other, you know, like Death Eaters have ever been to him. Yep. So then in the seventh one, right, he knew it was Harry. Come on. He knew it was Harry, but he, he saves his life. He also knew it was Ron and Hermione, and he just kept going, I, I don't know, maybe... I don't know. Like, Ron and Hermione look the same. No, like, <laughs> like, Draco saved their lives. Yes. He did. Yeah. When it was very dangerous. You know what Snape would have done in that instance? Just giving him up. Okay. Because. <laughs> Especially Ron and Hermione, because he could care less about them. Less. Um, so, Draco saves their lives there. And then, yes, at the school, he does, you know, follow Harry with Crab and Goyle into the Room of Requirement. But, and I guess this is a little bit of my own interpretation. This isn't specifically put in the book or anything. But you can kind of assume that they're only, he's only doing it still. Because, again, he's trying to save his family. Well, and if, I mean, if you look at it, he's also... Heavily peer pressured. Like, he acts like he's the leader. 
but he's but not he also anymore. he cares a lot about what his peers say and and crab and boils are all about like the torture and oh, the dark yeah. arts like it does say in the book like probably the first time they've ever gotten an A at anything kind of thing. Like, they've yes. never excelled at anything. So they're, yes. like, happy to do it. So they're like, come on, Draco, let's go. Let's and Draco, go. And Draco's not anymore, but he is a pureblood, and he's got all this pressure on him and stuff, and his parents are still Death Eaters. Yeah. Right? Um, and then Draco's mom is the reason why Harry, you know, fools Voldemort that first time. Mm-hmm. It's... Because it's a mother's love. Saves them twice. They talk yep. about that, right? Yep. Um, but then at that end, at the final battle, the Malfoys are no longer with the rest of the Death Eaters. No. In the movie, it shows them that they're just like, Draco, come here. Come here. And then they, like, slip away. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. And I'm, I'm really mad that they, that they don't give Draco the redemption arc. Because in the book... The Malfoys, at the end there, they do. They they switch, mm-hmm. basically. They switch sides. And and that final celebration, They're the there. book specifically says that the Malfoys, including Draco, are in the Great Hall with everybody with else celebrating. And it even says that, like, they look a little awkward. You can tell they don't feel... Like, they can't tell if they should really be there or not, but they're there. Like, they are there. And it's so sad that the, the movie filmed a scene to kind of at least give Draco some kind of redemption and then cut it out. Because there's supposed to be that scene where Draco, after he does the awkward hug with Voldemort, he runs and he throws Harry a wand. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, where else is Harry getting a wand from? Um, He doesn't have one. He was dead. Um, And Draco throws him a wand and runs back to the good side. It was in his uh, pants waistband in the book. There you go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, but um, I mean, I thought I like, I mean, it's not exactly like the book, but at least the movie was like trying to give him some kind of redemption. And then they're like, never mind. We don't care. Yeah. There was no weird, awkward hug thing with Voldemort or it's anything. It's hilarious. And then but... in the epilogue, yes, they do see Draco who is married and has a kid, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not as cold as they show it in the movie. Like in the book, it's like they greet each other in the book. Yeah. yeah. And it's like. Ron still jokes, you know, or whatever about him and stuff. Like they're not, I wouldn't, they're not friends, but, but they Draco, Draco it. changes. And I'd like to believe that he then isn't, I mean, there, they tells them Scorpius. Scorpius. Is his son's name? Yeah. Like I'd like to believe, cause again, this isn't canon. I mean, you can go into what JK Rowling has said, but do we really put much stock in what she says anymore? No. No. Um, but I'd like to believe that he then is raising his son differently. Oh, yeah. To not for sure. be all pure bloods only, pure blood matters, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, so, yeah. Um, and my last point will be, I think it, it's especially poetic because I think Draco is what Snape could have been. Hmm. If Snape had truly had a change of heart and truly changed his ideals, it would have been like Draco. Mm -hmm. Because Draco, especially in the book, but I think they do also show it in the movie as best they could, truly changed his thoughts and his ideas and his ideals 
and 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 switched over to the right the right side yeah so that is the harry potter series yep <laughs> and we're stopping there because anything that came after the seventh harry potter is garbage <laughs> i said it i stick with it i know you can see this right here this freaking cursed child garbage Absolute trash. Yeah, it's not good. I don't accept it at all. Fantastic Beast movie. The first one was okay. The second one, weird. Have don't like it. I haven't seen it, if I'm being honest. Don't like it. So, we're just going to call this good. And say that Harry Potter is over, which is bittersweet, but... We don't have time for fan faux pause, so... No. We'll post them on, like, Instagram and stuff, so... But we will end on our classic question, was the book... Better. Yes. First part, <laughs> it's a little bit more toss, a little bit more of a toss up, right? But yeah. now that you've finished the whole book and it's all in the movie, yeah, no, the book was still way better. Yep. Just because, again, the relationships, man, and the yep. character development, you just it's more you just poetic. You just don't get it in the movie as much. It's less so. of a thriller. It's more of like a poetic justice, and you get to see it all come full circle. And yeah, they tried to make the second part. It almost. They almost tried to make it come across as like a horror movie, thriller movie at times. And I'm like, that's not what this is. Like, it's fantasy. Like, Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, join us in two weeks. Um, right before Christmas. Mm -hmm. We will be discussing A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. It will be a much shorter episode. Well, and it's like, <laughs> it's such a quick read. And if you haven't read it before, I highly recommend you do because it is such a quick read and because it's kind of a social commentary on the times that Charles Dickens lived in where there was a very large, like, gap between, you know, wealthy and poor and that's kind of reminiscent of today. So, I don't know. But it also has Muppets. <laughs> the movie does. Okay, no. <laughs> So, yeah, we will uh, see you guys uh, next time. Yes. Bye. Bye.